You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Now, from BetQL, it's time for the Daily Tip with Michael Jenkins. Dang it, he's talented. And let's be honest, I go for ambition, not luck. And Chelsea Messenger. Don't kill the messenger, or the messenger will kill you. Hey, Dad, don't forget about me, the dunkster. Presented by BetMGM. Here we go. It is a Tuesday on the Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM. Good morning to you as we hit you live across the country from 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. in the East. Coming up on this Tuesday edition, time to tie a bow on Week 7 in the NFL as we look back at last night's matchup in Minneapolis and an upset as the Vikings beat the 49ers at 620. One half of the World Series is set. We'll tell you what you might have missed last night in Major League Baseball. Then at 640, Time to start looking ahead with the spreads and totals on the board for week nine in college football. During the seven o'clock hour, Chelsea guides the ship as only she can with an early peek at this week's lines and pro football. Can you believe it? Opening night in the NBA. We'll look at both games on the slate in the association. Then during the eight o'clock hour, another look at the numbers in the NFL, followed by PJ Glasser from MetQL. Send it in and best bets coming your way at 845. Chelsea? Me thinks that maybe things aren't going well for you. What's what's going on this morning? Let me play therapist here. Or are you in a great mood? What's going on? Uh, it's one of those days where I wish we did not have video on the show. I could not get my hair oh. to do anything. So whatever you do, do not go to twitch.tv slash BeckQL. Because uh, I'm really <laughs> struggling with my hair. Like, it's so crazy how our appearance can really change the way the day goes because here's the mm-hmm. thing it'd be one thing if i didn't spend a ton of time like trying to look good the worst is when you are wrestling with your appearance and no matter how much time you take it's just not going your way like we've all had those days where your hair just doesn't do sure. what you want it to do so i am flustered for that reason and that reason only elsa i think your hair looks great i didn't even know look at my hair like i look like i have a high top fade from the early 90s that should make you feel better immediately yeah, but you're a guy. I feel like guys can do whatever uh, they want. And they're like, well, sweatpants, he's fine. Like, you know, he does yeah. a lot of work. But it's just, it's different for women. Because women always get, you know, way more flack for our appearance. So I knew That's that. And I was like, Chelsea, people are going to comment on your hair today. Uh, so hopefully I can bring it with the analysis today. And maybe people will say, well, she is on radio. Maybe she wasn't hired just based on her appearance. <laughs> That's not true. That's not now. I got got hired solely based on my appearance. Like this is this is not about my skill set. They were like, let's find a really average guy. Let's find an average guy to host a show, and maybe he can talk some batting. So I'll own that. 
I'll own my ad. You gotta have. You don't want to have a guy who's too hot hosting a radio show. You don't want to look like the elephant man. You want to be right there in that gray area, just your average Joe throwing down some bets. That's the only reason why I got hired. They said, "Jinx, listen, you're pretty much right there on one to ten. You're around a five. Maybe on a good day, we'll give you a six. So you are hired, sir. So I am accustomed to being hired, brought on solely because of my looks." Oh, yes. Not because of the <laughs> Edward R. Murrow oh, Awards. Lord. Not oh, because Chelsea. of the nine Emmys. Jenks don't do that. Remini. Jenks loves to sandbag on the show. So, oh, little old me. Oh, just the everyman. No, Jenks. You're smart. You're talented. And you work really hard. So don't uh, bring that smoke around here because I will fight it every single time. All right. I'll tell you what. I'll tell you why I'm proud of you. Because yesterday, I know you were sweating. You have to take me through your emotional journey yesterday. Because early on, it looked like your bets weren't going to do well just because of the early game. And boom, speaking of smoke, and then you smoked your last three bets in the Astros-Rangers game. Yeah, my God. I need to stop betting on the Phillies. Every time I bet on the Phillies, their offense turns into pumpkins. I think I said that exact phrase at one point. Oh, just because the Phillies go <laughs> on the road, their offense isn't going to turn into pumpkins. Well, guess what they did? They turned into pumpkins. So last night, same deal feels like the Phillies offense is so feast or famine like they're either scoring eight runs or they're scoring like one run uh so first game I did not nail uh, I had the Phillies in the first five run line which means they needed to be winning in the first five innings over the Dimebacks was not the case that was an L and then this one kind of sucked because I had mm -hmm. Kyle Schwarber to record a hit minus 130 against the Dimebacks shortly after this show I saw some of the press conference quotes coming out okay. of uh, the Diamondbacks clubhouse. And they were talking about how they weren't going to give Kyle Schwarber anything to hit. And I was like, great, grand. Huh. I've got him to record a hit. And I, if I would have had this information at my disposal before the show, I don't think I would have made this bet. And what do you know? They walk Kyle Schwarber in his first two plate appearances, which means it's a lot harder to get a hit uh, when you only have, what, like three quote-unquote yeah. at-bats. So that was an L as well. I don't regret it, but I just wish I would have seen that quote uh, before taking that bet. But the late game, the Astros and the Rangers pretty much nailed that one, had Max Scherzer over one and a half earned runs and under his outs prop of 13 and a half, very situational base. We're talking about game seven here. Uh, I knew they mm -hmm. wouldn't have a long leash on him and also one and a half earned runs is a comically low number for these Rangers starters. The Rangers starters have hit this in six of seven games now. Only time, first game of the series, Jordan Montgomery, uh, six and a third shutout. But other than that, the Rangers starters mm -hmm. have given up at least two earned runs. So a three and two night for me. I am happy with my analysis of the Astros-Rangers game. You crushed oh, it. I also had uh, Jose Altuve over one and a half hits, runs, and RBI. This hit, I think, in the first inning. Yeah, well done, Chelsea. Absolutely crushed that game. And I felt really good. The more I looked at your analysis and your bets after the show, I was just thinking about it. And I was like, man, I really like her plays in that Astros-Rangers game seven. And you crushed it. I had a meh night. Very meh. So Brandon Ayuk over four and a half receptions saved me against the Vikings. He had five, but I had Astros first five money line loser. Philly's first five run line, a loser. And then the Darkster had Rangers Astros under nine and a half. That was a loss. So as we get this week underway, you are three and two. I am one and two. And the Darkster is 0 and one. Before we move to Monday Night Football, I do want to ask you this because I think it's an interesting question, which is 
when you're betting, and you mentioned this about Kyle Schwarber, how often are you influenced? Because this happens to me sometimes as well when you hear something like, oh, we're not going to give Schwarber anything to hit, or we're going to blitz the quarterback, or something that might influence, just something that someone says, how much will that influence how you bet? Yeah, it definitely has a, a stake in it. Because we have seen this go in two directions because sometimes it's spot on. We saw it with Ranger Suarez over his outs prop the other day because they said we are looking for a regular type of start for Ranger Suarez. The leash is going to be longer. So obviously you play the outs prop. But this has burned me in times too because remember the – I think it was the first game of the season maybe for Mm -hmm. the Lions. And they talked about, oh, we're going to use Jameer Gibbs in every way possible, even ways you couldn't even think of. And then they barely even gave him the ball. So, yeah, sometimes the quote-unquote beat writer special is a good one. Other times it leads you astray because sometimes that's a game plan. And maybe things just don't go according to plan and they move off of it. But I think more oftentimes than not, these are good things to use for your disposal. Absolutely. Just another tool that you have in the toolbox, so to speak. It is a daily tip for BetQL presented by BetMGM. Great to have you with us on a Tuesday morning. And let's get into Monday Night Football as we wrap up Week 7 in the NFL where the Vikings stun the Niners 22-17. The Vikings getting 7 points. They are plus 260 on the money line. Total set at 44. And the under hits. And it is the rookie from USC showing out. Blitz off the edge, Cousins throws, and it's taken away by Addison for the touchdown. Joe Buck with the call on ESPN as the rookie takes the ball essentially from Shavarius Ward and then sprints 60 yards for the score. Kirk Cousins, 35 of 45, 378 yards, two touchdowns a pick. The Vikings defense picking off Brock Purdy twice. So the Vikings, Chelsea, and the 49ers only their second two-game losing streak in the past two years. Minnesota looked great last night. I don't know how much you read into it, but nice little upset in Minneapolis. I do think a lot of it was the Niners looking bad uh, because Mm -hmm. we know Kirk Cousins can put up some big numbers, at least when it comes to padding his stats, and at least the passing game is usually pretty solid, even without Jordan Jefferson. So Kirk Cousins does deserve somewhat of a hat tip, even though he did throw a pick in this game, which I bet a lot of people were on that play. Uh, But I think the takeaway for me is, is this the time to buy in on the 49ers do you think the market Mm -hmm. is going to be low enough on the Niners this week because this is probably one of the worst games they've played and it's back-to-back weeks where the Niners have looked very human but the personnel is the same and at some point they're going to get back Trent Williams who is probably one of the best offensive linemen in the game they're going to get back Debo Samuel so I think this is maybe a juncture in time where you say to yourself okay I'm not going to panic this is still a team that I would like to win the NFC. But I'm looking at the odds right now. You're not getting much of a discount Mm -hmm. on the 49ers. They are just plus 225, the favorites to win the NFC. So I think that should tell you something too. If the books aren't riding off the 49ers, you probably shouldn't either. No, never. And the one thing you have to remember in the NFL, and I know we say it a lot, or at least I say it a lot, it's just hard to win. Coaches say that all the time. There's a reason why the Bills lost this weekend, why the Niners lost last night. As good as you are, even if you dominate four stretches, you will lose in the league. It's just too difficult to go through a season undefeated. You'll see that once in a blue moon. 
I think it was the last team to do that, the Patriots, before they lost in the Super Bowl. And right now, the Niners Super Bowl odds have fallen from plus 450 to 5-1, to so it's not a ton. But when you're talking about arguably the best team in the league, these are the little spots, these little spots where if you're looking for a little bit more value, you have to take advantage of it. For sure, even though I don't think you're getting too much of a value, but I'm just saying this is probably the buy low spot for the 49ers. Right. They've got their bye week coming up. They should be healthier, even though I think they have the Bengals next week, which probably mm -hmm. is not going to be an easy game because the Bengals look they are, like they are finally catching their stride. They're a team that are coming off uh, that's coming off their bye week. But flipping sides to the the Vikings, last year this was a team that would win all kinds of one score games. And then regression kind of bit them in the butt. This year, it had not gone well. I know they have some key injuries, but eventually they were going to win some games because I don't think the Vikings are really in that tier of really bad teams. Like, they still have a pretty solid offense. Uh, I do think there were some things that kind of turned the game on its ear, like that uh, catch that was wrestled away. It should have been an mm -hmm. interception. Instead, it was a 60-yard touchdown. Even the coaches said, that was a huge game-changing moment in the game uh, where it really flipped the script. So I think this is a case of the Vikings not necessarily being as bad as their record indicated. And the, the 49ers just playing a really uncharacteristic game. They missed a 40-yard field goal. Brock Purdy did not look great. But again, that's what I think not having Trent Williams is a big factor in that as well. Uh, but I just think it's a combination of those two things. No, I think you're absolutely right about that. And also, remember the Niners were right in this game too. Christian McCaffrey, as good as he mm -hmm. was, we should mention. Now, he has that torn oblique, partially torn oblique, did play in this game, rushes for 45 yards and a touchdown, racks up 51 yards receiving and a touchdown. But he also had a critical fumble at the Minnesota 11, and he was probably overstating it a little bit. But he said after the game, I cost my team the game I don't necessarily believe that but the Niners were still sort of in it they just kind of played a sloppy game and you hinted at this earlier Vikings look pretty good the Niners just didn't take care of the football right and I think the only cause for concern and they talked about this after the game was they are great at winning games where they're beating up on teams at halftime but what about those games that are one score games because I don't yeah. think that they have responded well in those moments and maybe this is kind of a wake-up call for this team is that if you are going to be a team that wins the Super Bowl, you're going to have to win some games that come down to the wire. Because like you said, the Niners still had a chance to win this game uh, late in the game. So I think maybe that is your one red flag if you want to back the Niners. Maybe it's not a team that's great in close uh, situations, but still the personnel is there. Jinx, do you think that's a fair criticism to say that the Niners haven't won close games? Oh, yeah, I, I would say this. I, I think you're right in that sometimes a team, you need to see how they're going to respond when the game mm -hmm. is close and if they can perform in the clutch. So, yeah, I think that's a very fair statement where how will this team perform when they're not winning by 10, when they're not winning by 13, when it comes down to making a play late? Can Brock Purdy, for example, make a clutch pass, make a touchdown throw, get a first down, whatever it is in crunch time. So I think if you're you're sort of nitpicking and say, well, what is it about this 49ers team that maybe shows some sort of weakness? I think that's a pretty good one. I think so as well, because we have seen Niners teams like this in the past, led by Jimmy mm -hmm. Garoppolo, and the ceiling is still very high. They are still a very yeah. good football team, especially just because the personnel that they have on both sides of the ball. 
But when you think of teams in the postseason where it's a two-minute drive and you pick one quarterback who is going to get you there and win the game for you, do you think it's fair to put Brock Purdy in that discussion of those top-tier quarterbacks? Because I think we did see a little regression from Brock Purdy. Because yeah. I was thinking this. I have been watching. Oh, we've got to get to break. Man, got wrapped oh. up in that conversation. Oh, nothing twists the mind like the Brock Purdy conversation. Oh, we'll get back to it perhaps later on in the show. Coming up next here, the D-backs stay alive while the Rangers punch their ticket to the World Series for the first time since 2011. You know we're going to talk baseball. It's next on the Daily Tip from Well, presented by BetMGM, the King of Parlay. Stay right there. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. <laughs> on the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the Daily Tip, presented by Bet MGM, with Michael Jenkins and Chelsea Messenger on the Bet QL Network. If you're watching us, definitely don't go to twitch.tv slash betql. Do not go to twitch.tv slash betql. Chelsea is not happy with her hair day, and I've got so much hairspray in. I'm almost banging my head here, and I realized not a hair in my head was moving. Like, look at this. Oh, my helmet head. That's the one thing I don't like about getting older amongst many things. Like, right now, oh, I still have this cracked rib, which is killing me. It's like a painkiller. Maybe that'll help me get through the show. But your hair, at least my hair, is getting more wiry and curly, so it's harder to style. Like, I could give you a litany of things that I hate about getting old, and that's just another one, Chelsea, where my hair has never been great, easy to style, but now it's like, uh, it's like, it's like I need a wire brush to get through my hair. I think we should have a segment on the show where we just complain about the things that suck when you get older. I think it's <laughs> yes. going to be great radio and it's really going to liven up people's mornings because that's what you yes. want from a morning show. Don't you mm -hmm. people just yes. complaining about things like, come on, leave the cheerleader nonsense and like, Oh, it's going to be a great day. How about this, man? I'm getting older. And every uh, single time I go down the stairs, my knees make this god-awful creaking noise <laughs> that everybody in the room can hear from about 10 feet away. That's what's the worst about aging. <laughs> and then you go and you say, my hair's so wiry, I can barely get a brush through it. <laughs> that, hey, here's how I know. Oh, my God. You ever catch yourself thinking something that is a thought you never thought you would ever have in your life? Like I'm, what was this? This was at the end of last week. And I'm just being like, cause I can't do anything right now. I'm dying to work out on some level and I'm feeling a little bit better, but I know it's too early, even though I'm tempted to like, yeah, let's see if I can lift something. No, I can't do that. I gotta get healthy. Anyway, I'm lying on the couch, just kind of sitting there and there's a commercial that comes on and it's for some sort of Medicare plan. And it's like, not only do you get these benefits, it also includes dental. It also includes vision. And I swear to God, I was like, huh. That sounds like a pretty good deal. And I was like, Michael, 
oh my god what's wrong with you and normally i'd see a commercial like that i wouldn't think twice i'd be like Bloop, let's move to something else flip to something else and i swear i was enthralled for about 30 40 seconds listening hanging on every word that this random spokesperson was saying it was ridiculous well uh, at least you weren't like identifying with the spokesperson I think that's when you know you're really old is when it's your yeah. generation of celebrities who are giving the endorsements. Because can you imagine the feeling of getting older and say like one day I'm relaxing my lazy boy watching The Price is Right and like Johnny Mandel pops on the screen and he's like, have you wondered about getting better insurance coverage? Well, this is why Penn Life Insurance is better for huh. you. And you're like, Johnny Mandel, you old cat, you. It's been a long time. Because doesn't that, isn't that probably the feeling for uh, people watching The Price is Right when they see, who is it, Broadway Joe that they have? Joe, I was uh, just going to say that. Joe Namath. Yeah. Joe Namath. Like people yeah. watching are like, oh my God, that's my dude. Uh, and who are the other ones? Who are the other popular uh, celebrities that they have? Oh, you know, the, the, I don't want to say sellout. It's easy to say sellout. But I always think about this is that, you know, fame is very fleeting, right? And so mm -hmm. I, I, I don't say this from experience, but how many stars, be it in the movie industry or the television industry or whatever it is musically, and they had one hit or they had a sitcom for a few years and you haven't heard of them since. And they're known for that one song or that one movie or that cameo. So it doesn't mean that that's an endless money trade. So once that ends, that ends, they you might get work. some sort of residuals. Yeah, you gotta work. And so I think the classic example for me is Jimmy Walker, which I know is probably before your time, but his famous line from, what was it called? Good Times was, dynamite that was his one catchphrase so he was just red hot for like two or three years that's all he's really known for is a stand-up comedian and so i believe he represents the same company as joe namath and remember this is like the, the late 70s so i see jimmy walker come on the screen and i'm like oh here we go man when is he gonna say it he's gotta do it he's gotta make that money when is he gonna say it and he says something to the effect of and this coverage is dynamite i was like there it is right there and so i i was like oh man but then i kind of get it because you got to make some money well and also people want to hear the hits like if you have somebody oh, yeah. in like modern day times somebody say like from seinfeld you want them to say right. a certain line like say if it was george costanza or i don't even know what his real name is jason alexander yes like you want him to say one of the phrases from seinfeld i just saw him <laughs> on a commercial for something and he was doing talking yada, about yada, 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 yada. Yeah. Exactly. You want the hits. Like if you go to a concert, you want to see the the song that you know. So it makes sense. But you can tell in the back of uh, their mind, they're probably just like dying a little bit. And they're like, this is all oh, I'm no. good for now. <laughs> like if you see Carly Rae Jepsen in concert, you want to hear one song. You want to hear Call Me Maybe, right? You go to see her. And yeah, she's and like, if she doesn't play it, exactly. there would be hell to pay. You're like, here's some songs I've been working on. Oh my God. Just can you just sing the song so I can get out of here? You know, but as the artist, you're like, I played this song a billion times. I don't want to do it. But you know, it's it's a difficult balancing act, but I, I totally get it. Charles, let's talk a little baseball now. Game six of the NLCS. Now we get a game seven as the Diamondbacks down the Phillies last night, five-one Phillies 
We're minus 175. So instead, it's the D-backs that come home at plus 145. Total set at eight, the under hits. I feel like I keep counting out Arizona, and yet here they are. They get five innings of three-hit baseball from Merrill Kelly, who allows a single run while striking out eight, and then they go off at the plate in the second. Swung the bat well in the first two rounds. And Pham sends one deep in the left field, and that one's going to fly. Tommy Pham, welcome back to the lineup. Running around those bases with some anger. That ball's hit well into left field. That one is way back there, and Gurriel goes deep. Back-to-back home runs for the Diamondbacks. Tommy Pham, Lourdes Gurriel Jr., back-to-backs off of Aaron Nola. And then the Phillies batch, Chelsea, go cold, especially their big guns of Kyle Schwarber, Trey Turner, Bryce Harper. They go 0 for 9 on the night, and now we get a Game 7 with Arizona trying to get back to the series for the first time since 2001. I know we keep talking about the Phillies. I, I still think the Phillies will win this thing. But maybe, and I'm talking about me here, I don't want to speak for you, maybe we're not giving the D-backs enough credit. I can't bet against the Diamondbacks anymore. They have burned me so many times. So overall strategy question, if a team keeps burning you, it feels like maybe you shouldn't bet against (laughs) them anymore. So maybe I shouldn't pick a side in this game. Uh, It feels like the Phillies are a team that's so hot or Mm -hmm. cold. Like either they're scoring 10 runs and Bryce Harper cannot be stopped or, you know, nobody scores and nobody's hitting those home runs. So I just don't know what to do with the Phillies at this point. I think my initial read of this game is maybe you take an under, bump it up to nine. It's an elimination game. Every pitcher is going to have an extremely short leash. uh, And maybe one of the sides go cold because that's kind of been the case. Uh, There's been a couple outlier games where we've seen a lot of runs scored. There was a 6-5 game uh, in game four. But if you think Ranger Suarez and Brandon Fott can both have another great game like they did in, was it game three? Yeah, game three. That game ended 2-1. It is a lot harder to do it the second time around, but I think that would be my only lean in this game is the either the first five under or the full Mm -hmm. game under. Because other than that, uh, I think I should be banned from picking sides in the Phillies and Diamondbacks. Yeah, I like the under in this game as well coming up tonight, and we'll preview that later on in the show. And I, I I don't know if it's going to last, but when you talk about those Phillies bats going cold, I don't know if that lasts a second game, but Nick Castellanos should point out, 0 for 4 last night. He is 1 for 20 in this series, and Philly loses his home for the first time in seven games. Again, we will get to game seven tonight between Arizona and Philadelphia later on in the show. We have to talk about the American League, the Rangers crushed the Astros last night in Houston 11 to 4 the Rangers plus 115 on the money line total set at nine the over hits Texas comes out blistering hot and never lets up mm-hmm. on this one over yeah. Javier Seager hits a high fly ball deep right field a bomb in the first grounded a second two years removed from losing 100 the Rangers have won the series for the first time since 2011 their first real chance to make a new world series memory after the heartbreak of that 2011 season and plenty of heartbreak along this path that they've been able to overcome that they've responded to and they're the champions of the american league toppling the houston astros 
The Rangers, one of only six teams in Major League Baseball, which has never won a world championship, and Adolis Garcia, my goodness, four for five, two home runs, five RBI, his fourth straight game with a home run. He also sets a Major League Baseball record for RBI in a playoff series with 15. He is your ALCS MVP and just leading all of those Rangers bats last night. And that's been the story of the Rangers, probably the best lineup in baseball. Uh, remember the All-Star game where it was like just Rangers players, mm-hmm. uh, a smattering of uh, a few Tampa Bay Rays and then like a couple of the young Orioles players. Like this is the lineup that we've seen all season long. And I know postseason experience matters. And listen, this was a great series. So it's not like the yes. Astros had a bad season. It's just, you know, the Rangers out hit them. That was simply the case. I did not expect the Rangers to win this game with Max Scherzer pitching, but Christian Javier gave up all those runs in the first inning, and that really was the downfall. It feels like when the Rangers jump out to those early leads, it's really hard for teams to jump back in it because they're so good. When their offense gets hot, it's really hard to stop them. So this was a wonderful series between two teams that bitterly hate each other, So now the question is, do you think these bats ever cool off? Do you think the Rangers are going to win the World Series? Because I would imagine before the result of this, they were not the favorites to win the World Series. I would imagine for most of the postseason, it's been either Mm -hmm. the Phillies or the Astros who have had the shortest odds to win the World Series. But at some point, you have to believe what this team is showing you. I think the question was, did they have the pitching depth? And I feel like they are so hot at the plate that sometimes it doesn't really matter because they use all of their pitchers in this one. And Jordan Montgomery is big. Uh, he deserves a yeah. hat tip uh, coming Absolutely. in out of the pin and uh, shoring up, um, you know, a few innings there for a team that really needed it in a game seven. Uh, so I think he's not the ALCS MVP, but he certainly deserves some credit here. Uh, But we'll see if that continues in the World Series because it's been a hell of a ride for the Texas Rangers. Yeah, it really has. Right now, they are the favorites to win the World Series, of course, because Mm -hmm. they're there and Philly and Arizona haven't played yet. They're at minus 125. But I will say this, and we didn't think Max was going to be great last night, and he was not. You faded him on a lot of your bets, and it worked out. But look at it this way, I think, if you're – and you don't even have to spin it in a positive way. But if you have – Nathan Avaldi pitching the way he is. When you have Jordan Montgomery pitching the way he is, and Max Scherzer is, and this is all in theory, in theory your third best starter in the rotation, and you put those Rangers bats as part of that mix, I mean, there's no reason why Texas can't win this thing. No, because sometimes that's all you need is two really solid starters, maybe a decent number three, And I thought Max Scherzer did look better last night than he did in the game before, which was not surprising because he was coming off a month layoff and was on a pitch count last time around. So if he can be at least decent, and it does feel like he's warming up, Rangers, obviously a team that very much deserves to be in the World Series. But I think the bottom line is their offense. Uh, If they're scoring like this and they're seeing the ball that they are, like they're seeing it like they did last night, they're going to be unstoppable. Because doesn't it feel like they're the more dependable offense? Like, say it's the Phillies that come out of the NL. It feels like the Phillies are not a dependable offense. They are so feast or famine that over a Mm -hmm. seven-game series, I think I'd still take the Rangers. But we need to pump uh, pump the brakes a little bit because it's not the Phillies just yet. I think the Dimebacks do give them a good run tonight. 
Yeah. Also, can we, since we're giving tip of the caps here, how about Bruce Bochy becoming the first manager to win cap. a league championship series? He's the first manager ever to win a league championship series with three different teams. Giants, Padres, now the Rangers. The Rangers win all four games on the road in the series. He's done a remarkable job. Yeah, and I'm just saying a big cap because he has a massively large head. Uh, but yes, what a job. <laughs> and especially, well, he has a big head. Have you ever seen his dome? I think he wears like a size eight or something. I don't know what sizes are for hats, but it's how it's big. That's a big head. Big hat on a big head. I, I thought you were saying he's done such a remarkable job. Let's give him a big hat. And you're like, no, he's got a huge dome. Huge dome for this guy. <laughs> Coming up next year on the show, the world's largest outdoor cocktail party gets underway in Jacksonville on Saturday, but is it worth laying the big number with the dogs? Find out next on the Daily Tip for BetQL, presented by BetMGM. All head sizes welcome. Chelsea and Jenks will be right back on the Daily Tip, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Let's get back to the Daily Tip with Chelsea Messenger and Michael Jenkins, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network. Welcome back to the show. The Daily Tip from BetQL, presented by BetMGM. On a Tuesday, thanks for being with us. I'm Michael Jenkins, live in the nation's capital. She is Chelsea Messenger, live in the Music City. Coming up shortly, time to take our first look at Week 9 in college football with the Ducks waddling in to Salt Lake City. Chelsea, did you hear this story about UTSA head coach Jeff Trailer? So Jeff Trailer is a is a Texas legend because he was extremely successful as a high school football coach in East Texas. And he's worked his way up the ranks, now head coach at UTSA, was on the Texas staff for a while. Very country, very beloved. And he was telling a story about before his team went to play Florida Atlantic, he put little mouse traps in every player's locker. Like, don't get stuck in focusing, focusing or looking ahead, it's a trap. You know, don't don't eat that cheese. It's rat poison. The same thing. It's it's basically the same thing that that Nick Saban says, right? So he wanted to remind everyone, it's a trap. Don't look ahead. Don't fall for it. But I, one of those little rat traps, you can buy them for cheap. You, you know what I'm talking about. But one of those in every single player's locker. Well, one of his players decided. Well, you know what I'll do? I'll I'll, I'll take this trap and I'll put it right up on the podium where Coach speaks, and he won't see it. So Jeff Trailer goes up to speak to his team at the podium, puts his finger down, and the rat trap smashes his finger. So he was laughing about it. He was saying it would have killed a lesser man, which I thought was pretty funny. But are you a big – I always find these a little hokey, like, hey, coach put a rat trap, a small mouse trap in my locker. I got to watch out this week. But are you a big practical joker or anything like that? Because that's – I understand the point. And coaches sometimes have to capture the attention of their players because they are kids. But stuff like this comes across to me as sort of a practical joke. Are you a big practical joke person? What do you think? I'll give you one guess. No, not even close. <laughs> that would be my guess. Yes, you are correct. Doesn't this sound like something <laughs> they would do on like the Disney Channel? They're like, ooh, yes. he's going to go sit up a rat trap and just sit right. behind the couch and just laugh. Like this could have gone extremely poorly. Like what happens when you're like starting quarterback, gets his finger stuck, stuck in this, 
And then you don't have a quarterback mm-hmm. for that week. Like, doesn't this sound like a way that like Chris Sale would injure yes. himself? Like, remember the rash <laughs> of like freak injuries that like Red Sox players would have? Like, well, he got his finger caught in a mouse trap. That sounds like something the Red Sox players would do. So like I feel like there are thing ways you could kind of prank your team and reinforce this point without risking injury. Yes. Imagine if your quarterback had reached in to grab a piece of equipment and all of a sudden a rat trap snaps his finger and he breaks his hand and then you're down to your second stringer because you put a trap in his locker. Like I understand college football coaches are just college coaches in general will do anything to motivate their guys. I get that. But at some point you need to draw the line because this, this could have backfired in a big way. It could have been a player getting hurt instead of a coach. Yeah, that's what I said. Like, I just, especially your quarterback, because what if his hand is unusable? And like, did you get your laugh there? It just feels like there are other <laughs> ways to motivate your players. Even though, do you think this works on like the lower ranks? Because maybe this works on like younger adults or the high yeah. school level, or I guess the college level. Like, this doesn't feel like it would go over well in an NFL locker room. But, you know, coaching 18 to 22 year olds is a little different. So maybe these type of things work at the lower, lower levels. Did you ever have like a high school coach that was like this? That was like real, like, I don't want to say corny, but like did something like this. Yeah, I had one coach and he was just sort of, I don't know. He was just, he was just corny. He was just corny. Like we were the Breckenridge Buckaroos. Okay, the Bucks, which is an awesome name, by the way, for my high school. And then he was kind of corny. Like, I remember one time during a game, he goes, let's go, Buckies. And we're like, Buckies? I've never been called Buckies. Oh, who says Buckies? Like, what are you talking? So that was just kind of in line with who he was. He was a, he was a good coach, but just kind of cheesy and not necessarily the kind of guy that, that motivates you each and every day, you know? Yeah, speaking of Bucky's, isn't that from your homeland? Isn't Bucky's like it a big thing in Texas? Oh so my God. we have Bucky's in Tennessee now. And my God, is that an experience? If you have not been to a Bucky's, I think it's part of like the Southern experience. But I have a yes. bone to pick with Bucky's because oh. I went, went into the vast wonderland that is a Bucky's looking for one thing. All I wanted was some Twizzlers. You know, the one thing they did not have? Twizzlers. I was like, of all these aisles, you're telling me you don't have Twizzlers, mm-hmm. which is a very standard gas station snack. So I, for one, will not be going back to Bucky's. Uh, well, no Twizzlers, but I bet you could get yourself a camo vest and a new muffler. Anything except yeah, the Twizzlers. Yeah, or a Bucky's dessert has that has everything. like <laughs> a dessert that has like 800 calories. Because Jake was like <laughs> coming up to me, it's like, oh, look at this banana pudding. I say, yeah, look at the fat in, fat content there. Jake, like, I'm going to be, you know, running a marathon after this. That's how it tastes so good. It has butter yeah. and sugar and all kinds of ingredients. Like, that's how Southern food tastes good. They just put a bunch of oh fattening stuff in it. Yes, I told you when I went to visit my mom last year, and I was eating <laughs> eggs, and I was like, these eggs are amazing. But my mom was like, yeah, I put a bunch of heavy cream in them. I'm like, heavy cream <laughs> in the egg? Well, no wonder, Mom. Good God. I mean, they were delicious. Don't get me wrong. But I was like, jeez, of course. Of course they're delicious. You're putting heavy cream in egg, scrambled <laughs> eggs. 
Do you know what I mean? <laughs> it's ridiculous. All right, let's talk a little college football. We're not going to start in the South. We are going to start in Utah, where number eight Oregon pays a visit to the number 13 Utes. Oregon laying seven. Oregon minus 250 on the money line. Utah is two to one. Your total at BetMGM is 49. The spread has inched up from Oregon minus six. Total has come down a half point from 49 and a half. Chilsa, I kind of like the Utes here. I don't know if I want to bet on this game. The money is obviously moving in Oregon's direction, but Utah is so difficult to beat at home. They're 3-1 and one against the spread in Salt Lake City this year. Maybe it's because they're playing a third-string quarterback, but also he looked good against USC, so I'm kind of on the fence here. Yeah, because when I first looked at this game, I thought, okay, this is probably a good spot for a team that situationally is due for a letdown because that was a big win for you utah coming off that big win over usc but also they're getting seven points at home that's when mm-hmm. like the situational spot comes to an end for me because it would be one thing if this line was a little different and it was a little inflated after utah uh had that big win over usc which we all know by now that utah owns caleb williams uh but getting seven at home like you said one of the more difficult places to play a great defense I think I'll take the seven with Utah, but I was wrong on them last week. So we'll see if my instincts were a little better uh, after this week's contest. How about we head to Madison? Number three, Ohio State visiting Wisconsin. Ohio State laying 14 and a half. Ohio State minus 650. Wisconsin plus 475 total set at 43 and a half down for 44. I think I would play the under here, at least would be yep. my early lean. We talk about how Penn State's defense is great how Michigan's defense is great, and those defenses are. But Ohio State's defense is lights out, and Ohio State has been an under team all season long. Again, money headed in that direction, so I'd be on the under in this game. Low-scoring affair in Madison. Yeah, if you think Ohio State's an under team, it feels like it's usually the case for Wisconsin. Like, doesn't it feel like a traditional Mm -hmm. Big Ten uh, team that kind of runs the football? They've got a good offensive line. It's just not a team that's going to line up the scoreboard. Like, maybe it's not as much the case this year, but still, I do feel like the under supply, and also when you see the the money moving in that direction, I think that is a good signal uh, for the under, especially for a team that maybe is coming off uh, a game that is a little bit, um, you know, kind of in a letdown spot. Would you say this is a letdown spot for Ohio State, even though I think that game was much bigger for Penn State than it was Ohio State? But you're right. I think that the defense is really the calling card here for Ohio State. And defense usually travels, too. So uh, I think I would say the under. Even though, again, the question is, do you think this is a letdown spot for Ohio State? Yeah, I do. I really do. Now, I know Double D's been talking about maybe an upset or at least Wisconsin coverage, but it's certainly – there's certainly a letdown. There's just no way if you're the Buckeyes, you can get geared up for Penn State at the shoe, top 10 battle, and all of a sudden that you're just as motivated when you play at Wisconsin. Now, Ohio State's probably going to win this game, but yeah, absolute letdown spot for the Buckeyes. How about this? The world's largest outdoor cocktail party, number one Georgia at Florida. The dogs laying 14 and a half. Georgia is minus 650 on the money line. Florida is plus 450. Your total set at 48 and a half i just don't feel comfortable laying 14 and a half in a rivalry game in the sec i think just based on that alone shelf without going 
and doing a deep dive into the numbers, I think I'd grab Florida in the points. Not my favorite game on the slate, but I don't want to lay 14 and a half here. No, especially in a game that has such a wonky history. I have been to this game multiple times, and it feels like Mm -hmm. no matter what type of season each side is having, they always get up for this game. Like, I remember there's been years where Florida didn't have a single quarterback that was worth a damn, uh, and then somehow they would come out and upset Georgia in this rivalry matchup, like you said. So this one opened at 17.5 all the way down to 14.5 now. I think I will follow the money. I'll take the 14 and a half with Florida before it drops below that key number of 14. Finally, BYU at number seven, Texas. Texas is length 17 and a half. Texas minus 900. BYU plus 600 total set at 50 and a half. It has come down from 51 and a half. I'm going to bet the under on this game. I think BYU probably covers as well. Quinn Ewers out this week for Texas, so it's going to be Malik Murphy. Maybe a little Arch Manning, but I doubt it. I don't think they want him to play. And ultimately, BYU can't move the ball. Texas will give BYU a heavy dose of running the football because they're playing a backup quarterback. I like the under. What do you make of teams that are playing a backup quarterback that – I think usually this would not be a spot where Texas, you know, puts its best brand out there. But this backup quarterback playing for a job and playing to show people that he can really sling it. What do you make of this quarterback? Honestly, I don't know that much about him. When he came out of school, he was the what? The number 22 overall player in the country. Very highly recruited. So everybody talks about Arch Manning. Malik Murphy can absolutely slink. He has a rocket for an arm and he's huge. Doesn't have much of experience, but he should be able just to hand the ball off and get Texas a win. I don't know if they cover, but Texas to win, BYU to cover. Coming up next, if you're ready to bet on the NFL, the numbers are already moving. We're going to do what we always do and take an early look at week eight on the Daily Tip from BetQL. Presented by BetMGM. For more, listen to the Daily Tip presented by BetMGM. Weekday mornings from 6 to 9 Eastern on the BetQL Network, the Odyssey app, or wherever you get your podcasts.